All right. Well, welcome back. This is uh, Tommy with the Care Team. This is Care Team Podcast. Uh, today it is episode 54. So we are officially into our second year. Uh, we are just wow. so excited about that. Just, it's great. just weird to think. Mm-hmm. And today is the 23rd of September. So yesterday was the first day of autumn. That's so. awesome. I love autumn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Our topic today is about the family constellation and family dynamics. Uh, however, uh, before we get started, we're going to talk a little about fall. And so my first question is, Is uh, are you a fan of pumpkin spice yes. stuff? Same yes. here. Same here. Hands down. Yeah. Uh, for me, though, it just has to be done well because uh, pumpkin spice not done well is a distraction. <laughs> well, I also tend to like stronger spice. Yeah. So the other day I got something that was pumpkin spice, which might have been a little early, but it was so weak yeah. that I could barely taste it. And I'm like, that made that was worse than not having it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Uh, so then the next question is, I mean, it sounds like you've already started with pumpkin spice, but but when is the uh, what what is the uh, the line where it's like this is now pumpkin spice season? I think yesterday should be that line. I think I autumn. think the first day of autumn. So I said I had some already, um, but yeah, if I'm going official, then probably the official day okay. should be the first day. Of yeah, because it's like it's like June, and they're like pumpkin spice <laughs> is back, and I'm like. It's 115 degrees outside. I know. We haven't eaten our apples yet. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't had our strawberry shortcake yet. Yeah, We're not ready yeah, for pumpkin yeah. spice. And then the real question is, which I know is on everybody's hearts and minds, is what is the first day to put um, Halloween decorations out? For me, I'm going to have to go with October 1st. Okay. I, I like I, that. Uh, I like that. And when I was growing up, our household kind of put the two together. So a lot of times when the fall decorations came out, the Halloween decorations came out. As an adult, I'm not a huge Halloween fan, but yeah, I'm a huge here. fall fan. Yeah. So I try to push off the Halloween decorations as long as I can and take them down as yeah. soon as I can. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. It's like, and, and when the 31st hits, it's like, I am, I'm like all, you know. <laughs> Full steam ahead towards Thanksgiving. Yes, like, yes. Know, like, a, like a second coming of That's fall. right. And then the, the yeah. turkeys and the pilgrims and all that <laughs> stuff come out, right? Yeah, the orange and the brown. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but uh, as we dive in today, um, you know, oftentimes we uh, we see folks come in uh, for a, a wide variety of family dynamics, and uh, and one thing that comes up are uh, extended family. Mm-hmm. And, and immediate family dynamics. Mm-hmm. And so we just kind of want to talk about that and the importance of that. So, you know, oftentimes, you know, when we think about, uh, you know, we, we look at the the landscape and statistics and what families look like today. Uh, more and more we're seeing, uh, we're seeing families that are, are single parents, uh, either from, uh, you know, one or two divorces. Uh, we're seeing blended families. And whenever you have those, it just kind of Makes it a little bit more challenging. Absolutely. So, uh, so if I were coming in today to you and want to talk about some of the struggles I have, and you come to find out that I'm a, let's say, a blended family, uh, what are some things that would be important for me to know as I think about dynamics? Well, I, th- I think in those situations, I usually first start with questions. You kind of um, maybe hit on this a little bit, but I want to know about your family of origin. Yeah. Uh, did you come from an intact family? Did you come from a divorce family? Um, what what was the situation that led you to um, be divorced and then then to remarry and become a blended family? Where did faith play a part or not play a part in that? Yeah. So it, it would really be a lot of questions to help, um, you know, get a sense of the story. And one of the things we're going to talk about today is that 
whether we're blended or not or single, human beings in general have more in common than they do not. Yeah. And same with families. So even when we look at the different structures, with that said, everybody also still has their own story mm-hmm. and, and getting some of those specifics and getting that background. So typically in those types of situations, it's not so much starting with what I would say, but what I would ask. Okay. Yeah. I, I like that. You know, that's one thing I've, I've tried to adopt recently in counseling sessions. I was actually just working with uh, an individual earlier today and, uh, uh, this particular individual was looking for answers or next steps. And, uh, and I, I told him, I said, uh, for me, I, I, I want to think about it in terms of questions. Mm-hmm. You know, when I think about uh, scripture, I'm like, you know, our heart is deceitful above all things. It's desperately sick. Who can understand it? It's like, when I see that, that one thing that comes to my mind is I don't even know my own heart. So I can't even begin to understand someone else's heart. I mean, I can exercise discernment and stuff. Right. But, right. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's hard to, um, it, it works a lot better with asking questions. I think so too. I, you know, it's funny you should mention that I had a, a gentleman in my office today um, struggling a little bit, talking about possibly looking at divorce. And so we're praying through that, of course, and asking God uh, for restoration there. Um, but w- what ended up happening in our session was a lot of talking about his history, his background, mm-hmm. um, maybe why he's having some of the problems. Now, it's never one-sided, and I said, I recognize that, but he was the only one sitting with me today. Yeah. And so I said, we're going to address you because your wife's not here. Yeah. And, uh, and he really recognized very quickly how much his family and what he had gone through and the baggage he brought into his marriage has affected things. And, and so if you're listening to this, even if you're doing okay or you think your marriage is all right, it's worth looking at your family of origin, understanding your family of origin, understanding that we all bring the way we were raised, good or bad, into our current relationship. Yep. Yeah. And, and so, so much of that, you know, you think about not, not only just relationship dynamics, but uh, uh, events or trauma mm-hmm. or history mm-hmm. or uh, key, key, key parts in your life. You know, one thing, um, you know, I was, I was, uh, I was at a conference last week, a Christian counseling conference, uh, really good stuff. And they were talking about how, you know, even something like uh, a parent not being around or they're talking about, you know, a parent being incarcerated or uh, growing up by, by having your grandparents raise you. Maybe your, your father, your mother and father are still, you know, married, but they're, they're in a season. So now your grandparents are raising you. So like all these things have an impact on how you view life based upon your experiences. Yeah, uh, this is a a pretty specific thing, but sharing with someone recently, we were talking about, uh, you know, traumas, um, uh, molestations, abuse, that sort of thing. And um, I recalled uh, a person that I had worked with whose parent was not directly sexually abusive, but had very poor boundaries in regards to, say, would walk through the house naked or Mm -hmm. uh, just, just, didn't have privacy, didn't have boundaries. And this person never looked at that as abuse. And it's not in the direct definition, but it skewed their ideas of our naked body. It skewed their ideas of sex, of relationship with parents. You know, so there are subtle things that happen to us in our life. And if we've never had reason to examine that or think about that, it may be affecting us in our relationships and we have no idea. So I really encourage everyone at some level um, 
I'm not encouraging you to start problems where there are no problems. What mm-hmm. I'm encouraging is for you to invite the Holy Spirit, to invite God, to help root out those things that may be negative in your life that you didn't even realize were coming from your past or other relationships. Yeah. Well, and I know you've done a lot of uh, uh, looking into this topic, and, and, and uh, you've done some work in this area. Uh, what are some, some, some common things you know, we think about? We don't want to Obviously, we don't want to spend a ton of time on the situation. We want to spend a tremendous amount right. of time on solution. But but what are some other things with the situation that, that we need to consider that, that perhaps either people commonly don't think about or don't want to think about? Yeah. Or, yeah. or maybe it's something they just kind of glaze over. No, that's good. One, one of the things in my own healing journey uh, was discovering roles in families. And, th- and this is what I was talking about earlier when I mentioned there, we have more similarities than differences. Mm-hmm. Not every family is going to have every role, and not every role is always going to look exactly the same, yeah. but there are these sort of archetypes or, or types of roles in families. And I'm going to go through as quickly as I can a few of them today. What I really want our listeners to get out of this is that if we don't know that we play a role, we often find in, in life and in relationships, we have these cycles that we go through. Those cycles are often related to our role. I'll give you a great example from my personal life. Um, when, I was, when I got my first spiritual mentor, this was one of the first things he taught me. And so I, I investigated what's my role in the family. And to make a long story short, when I realized that I had this role I was playing, I didn't think I could get myself out of the role. So I invited my mentor to my first Thanksgiving um, at, at, you know, kind of my, my, my first healthy Thanksgiving, we'll say. <laughs> and it was interesting. He helped me to just kind of step out of my role. And what I watched was a cousin of mine who had always been a very quiet, timid person within minutes of me not filling my role in the family, step up and fill that role. In oh, other nice. words, yeah. families families are, we have these dynamics and we're uncomfortable when the dynamic changes, even if that dynamic is changing for the good. Mm -hmm. And so let me just talk about a few of these and then we can maybe unpack it further. Yeah. Um, One would be your family hero. Um, And I'm, I I would love to go longer um, and maybe someday we'd be able to do that, but I'm going to quickly go through some attributes and things about the family hero is often the firstborn. Uh, they have a, an insatiable need for attention, usually usually positive attention, so they're overachievers. They're ultra-responsible. We often look at this person as the rescuer or the problem solver. Here's what happens for this person in, a, in an unhealthy environment. They become a workaholic. They marry someone who's very dependent upon them. They have high incidence of heart attacks, cancer, strokes, because these are stress-related disorders from achievement, or they have substance abuse. Um, another role is the scapegoat. Often this person is the second born. And we used to say bad breath is better than no breath at all. Meaning if the hero is getting all the positive attention and kids equate attention with love, then often this person goes after the negative attention because that's what's left. Mm -hmm. So their attributes are they're rebellious. They're very often substance abusers. They're often in trouble at school. They have high amounts of blame, blaming others for their problems, and they act out. Life outcomes without intervention, jails, institutions, death, unplanned pregnancy, and loss of life opportunities. Mm. Um, Another role, lost child. Um, Withdrawn, quiet, loner, lack of identity, super independent, and often forgotten. And again, think of it just in, in almost a mathematic point of view. If we've got the hero who's getting all the positive attention, 
the scapegoat who's getting all the negative attention, there's no attention left. Mm -hmm. So this, this child becomes lost. Yeah. Um, without intervention, they'll have no meaningful connection to others. Little zest for life might be substance abuse and untimely death. There was an interesting study done uh, on lost children uh, as adults. And I believe the, the average age of death was somewhere around 50 mm. were natural causes. Really mm. interesting that without something to live for, without purpose, without zest mm -hmm. for life, we, we often, we pass away, right? Mm. There's nothing to live for. And the last one is uh, my favorite because it was me and my family. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the mascot or jester. And this per person is very attention-seeking, can be humorous, grandiose, immature, emotionally sensitive. Don't hold this against me, everybody. High, high occurrence <laughs> of ADD or ADHD. And the interesting thing about this is we've already said there's no attention left. And what you'll find with these folks is you'll find that they steal attention. And, and the one activity that we can do in life that will steal attention is, is humor. Yeah. And we can offend some people. So there's the negative attention mm -hmm. and some people will love it. There's the positive attention. And so what we do is we steal a little bit from both. Ah. And, and so uh, if you want to see a perfect mascot, think of like Robin Williams, mm -hmm. that guy couldn't sit still. He was, <laughs> you know, he was on one hand offensive, but on the other hand, hilarious. So, mm -hmm. uh, an interesting idea. Um, and then common emotions in families where there's not health and healing, where God is not at the center Fear, anger, loneliness, hurt, inadequacy, and abandonment. And so, again, if you didn't, you're, you know, not every family fulfills this, all these roles or fulfills them perfectly. I often get questions about can you be more than one role? Yes, you can. You can be one role at a young age and go into another role later. These are just templates for you to kind of start to understand yourself and your family and those dynamics. And of course, I focused on the negative, mm -hmm. but all families have positive as well. And with healing and with God at the center, you can redeem these. And, and, you know, I mean, a lot of these have really great things. It's great to be a hard worker and responsible. It's great to, um, you know, to question things and to push back and to want to discover. It's good to, to laugh. All these things have a positive side, but only if God is at the helm. You know, one thing I think about, too, is, uh, uh, and it was interesting that, reboot when we started that the the first lesson it talked about this talks about the roots and then what's happening in the roots and what's mm. what that's leading to in the fruit and so you know when we go back to questions like one of the questions i had for uh, this person i met with um i was like you know what 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 is your 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 life when it comes to your walk with christ like i can't answer that i mean like like he he can answer it but i can't answer it you know are you are you allowing god to you know like i i love romans 12 too you know, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And, and that's what we have as our, our overarching scripture for this podcast is mm. uh, change your mind, change your life. And so are you allowing that to happen? Are you, are you examining, you know, and if you're doing all, if you're, if you're loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, then you're allowing God to transform your mind. Now the question is, is when you're having this dysfunction or, or you're having conflict, what does the fruit look like? Are, are, the, are you seeing works of the flesh, like Galatians 5.19, are you seeing uh, fruits of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22? And so if, if you're not seeing fruit of the Spirit, then my question would be why? You know, why are we not seeing fruit of the Spirit? Yeah, and, and I, I think a way to understand this, and I hope this makes sense to the listeners, we're all always following some Spirit. Mm -hmm. 
right? So are we following the Holy Spirit and the authentic spirit? Yeah. Or are we following the spirit of this age, maybe yeah. the spirit of our family? Um, the prince of you the know, year. Right, yeah. that's right. And, you know, I know a lot of people struggle. I, I was looking up um, scriptures on, on family, and yes, I cheat sometimes and just look that up online. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, Colossians 3.20 talks about obeying your parents and everything. And one of the things I've encountered over the years, especially in counseling Christians, is a real sense of disloyalty, of, of shame, if uh, they have issue with their family and issue with their parents. Mm-hmm. And one of the most helpful things I was ever taught, you know, Ephesians 6.2 says, honor your mother and father. And, and uh, Rod McLeod, who was my, uh, he's, he's since passed away, but what a great man and my, one of my first mentors. And one of the things he said is, is Tom, you know, the scripture tells us that, that even bad parents would rather their kid have bread than a, than a rock and would have a fish <laughs> rather than a serpent. Yeah. And he said, what your parents want for you is for you to be healthy, to be functional, yep. to have a better life than they did. He said, the best way that you can honor your parents is to be the best you you can be. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we think if we go into counseling and we say anything negative about our family of origin, we're somehow doing something wrong. And what I want to say is, first of all, counseling, everything that you say is private. That's Amen. not getting yeah. out to anybody. Mm-hmm. The other thing is God already knows your heart. He already knows your family. He already knows the struggles and the issues. It's not going to make it more true if you speak it out loud, <laughs> but you might be yeah. able to actually heal and get over it and forgive your folks and move into a true place of honoring your family if you'll do the hard work of for that moment speaking up. Yep. Well, and I know too, even in my, my personal life, having conversations with uh, my, my kids or friends or, or Jill, uh, there, there could be something heavy on my heart. Uh, and, or uncertainty or anxiety. And a lot of times that comes down to, you know, lies written on my heart and that are distracting me. And, 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 uh, and oftentimes just speaking that out in front of someone who, who can be trusted and say, you know, this is what's wrong with me. This is why I'm, I'm like this. This is why I'm stressed out. And there's something about vocalizing it that, uh, it just like the, in, in a trusted environment, there's something about vocalizing it that just makes it seem like that I was completely worried about nothing. Yeah, it's good. And, I, and, and, yeah. Then, and then on the flip side too, is that that person who, who in a trusted environment, like either be counseling. And I love the, the fact that you brought up it's, it's confidential. I mean, yeah. And, and I, I make sure I tell people too, I'm like, here's my notes. I'm taking it right over to the shred box. There's no notes. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, anyways, but, uh, but it's also an opportunity for, for trusted people to write, truth on your heart and to speak truth into you. That's great. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I like what you said because we take sometimes what feels like an unmanageable problem. Uh, you know, the, the vastness of our brain might as well be the size of the universe sometimes yeah. <laughs> and speaking it out or writing it out makes it a manageable issue. Yep. Amen. And, and mm-hmm. it's so important to understand that problems are often not near as big as we have built them up to be. Um, e- even, even severe family issues can often be overcome through love and forgiveness if we'll do the hard work and speak that stuff out. Um, I was going to say something must not have been that important because I don't remember, but I I do want to say this isn't all about, oh, I've got to bash on my family to get well, and I hope people aren't hearing that, but I I love what we say in recovery, and we say your family can't make you drink, but they can make you thirsty. Mm -hmm. And, (laughs) And what... 
what was such a great thing for me, and, and I, I have to say, and my family might even be listening to this, but my family was, for the most part, a very loving, great family. But mm-hmm. like all families, we have our issues. Like all parents, some negative things were passed down, passed on, and those are things we all have to address. And one of the most beautiful things that ever happened in my life is when God transformed what was an angst in my life to, to a love and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And, and I only did that through the willingness of, a, of addressing that issue. And, and I'll share this um, uh, kind of a, a, a personal moment, but sometimes that's our best reference. Um, I had a vision one day of some things that I was angry with my parents about. And God gave me this, this visual of my folks sitting on an old-fashioned uh, concrete bench in a jail cell. Mm-hmm. And they were behind bars. And the, as the vision panned out, there I was holding the door shut. And the mm. Lord said, Tom, if you ever really want to be free, then you have to l- risk them going free as well. Yeah. You have to give them the same freedom or be willing to give them the same freedom I'm willing to give you. Mm. And that idea that I needed to let go of holding that and, and, and release that and know that the same God that loves me is looking over me is working in my life is in theirs as well. And that the best thing I could do for myself is to forgive and let go. Mm. And uh, that was so powerful for me. Well, you know, uh, uh, it, it's interesting you talked about that because I was just thinking uh, about my next you know, thought was idea of grace, extending grace, speaking truth in love. Uh, oftentimes, you know, I, I love how Nate talked about this a few months ago, how if we speak too much truth, then it's harsh. And if we don't, if we have too much love in it, then it's hollow. Mm. And so just understanding that we have to balance that out has to be, has to be both. It has to be truth as hard as it is, I mean, that that's good because that's convicting. But on the flip side too, because, because God loved us and his love is so holy, uh, we need to try to, to do that as well as best we can and extend as much love as we can. So when we're in relationships, um, it, it may be hard to see that in this moment, but when we look at how Christ loved us and, and there's only, you know, sometimes we'll say, I just, I don't have the perfect parents. It's like none of us do. I don't have the perfect husband or uh, sibling. None of us do because there's only one perfect being, and that perfect being was Jesus Christ. He was crucified on the cross, and then there's the rest of us. And so when you see that we are all sinful, broken, and you start recognizing that, and you, then, and you start being thankful, and you're, you're thankful for what Christ did for us on the cross, then you can extend grace because God forgived us right where we are, and we need to forgive others. Doesn't mean there's not consequences, and that's definitely another conversation for another day. But we still offer forgiveness. We extend grace, uh, and and I think that that's one of the best things we can do, regardless of the situation we're in. I also want to give people permission. You know, if if you're in a situation, if um, whether this is a, a marriage situation, a familial situation where there's abuse. Um, we can still love and forgive, but we do not have to, and maybe should not, if it's dangerous, stay in those situations. Amen. Amen. And and so I, I think that has happened over the years at times in the church as well, where people have stayed out of guilt in very dangerous situations. And I just want to say right now, proximity doesn't have anything to do with forgiveness. Yep. And forgiveness also is not saying that what someone's done is okay. Forgiveness is about letting go of the negative emotions that rot us from the inside out so that we can be free in the way Christ called us to be free. And yeah. it, and it doesn't have anything to do with 
uh, saying something somebody did was okay. And I yep. know there are people listening that are from very broken families, very broken people. And I don't want you to hear us saying that um, we're, we're, uh, we're, what, what's the word I'm looking for? That we're um, saying that's okay, or you should just look the other way. This isn't what we're talking about, but we are talking about learning what you can. You know, we're in our family for a reason. Um, God will use that to shape us and grow us in the likeness of our creator so that we can step into the inheritance that he has for us in the kingdom. And he will use, no matter how broken, no matter how far down the scale you believe your situation is, God will use that for your good and his glory. Yep. And, uh, and I, I just need you to hear that. Amen. Well, and, and that even goes to the point where we, you know, we've talked about, uh, on this podcast and, and our pastors have talked about from the stage, and that is the importance of community, having Christ-centered people in your life that you can come to uh, when there are situations like this. Because, uh, Tom, you're absolutely right. We have to make sure safety is a must. Mm-hmm. If you're not safe due to addiction, abuse, violence, um, so on and so forth, uh, then we need to get you to a safe spot. Uh, if that means calling 911, uh, then that, that's what we want to do. But if you need a place to stay or if you don't have family, when, when you're tied into community, th- those are people you can turn to in those moments to say, I have no place else to go. I can't afford a $130 a night hotel fee or something like that because uh, nobody can do that for right. a long period of time. Right. You know, And so we, we need other people in our lives to, to lean on, you know, just like we see in Galatians, and, Galatians 6. And you made me think, Tommy, you, you are in a family because you've been grafted into God's family. Amen. And yeah. when people say blood is thicker than water, that's like, right. The blood of Christ is thicker than water, yep. and, it, and it binds us all together. So if, if you don't have a family, if your family is not healthy and safe, we will be your family. Amen. And, Amen. and you need to know that, that you're in a larger family. And, and Tommy and I have been talking a lot over the last few weeks about how important our identity in Christ is first yep. first and foremost above our family of origin above our our culture above our skin color above whatever it is that our we job, use to our, identify our, ourselves our last name our yeah. identity in yeah. Christ is primary mm-hmm. and and so just know that as a believer you're a part of a greater family uh, and and we will love you and we will accept you yep. and you're always welcome here amen amen well, as we get ready to transition, uh, you know, we do want to take a moment. Uh, if you're listening, uh, we have a couple events coming up uh, on the horizon, and we just wanted to share those with you. So the first is Surviving the Holiday. Tom, do you want to talk a little about that? It's on sure. 15 November. We're going to have it available here on campus at Northside. Uh, but then we're also going to offer it uh, a digital version within the weeks following. Yeah, thank you for that. But I didn't know if you want to elaborate yeah, on what sure. that is. You're, yeah, I'll try to make it somewhat brief. Um, we've been doing this, I think this is our third third year now. Uh, yeah, I believe this is our third year surviving the holidays. Um, in all fairness, this is something that Grief Share and Divorce Care does as a part of their programs. We liked it so much. We thought, why don't we do something church-wide for people? And the idea is this. We all have struggles uh, when it comes to the holidays, and especially if there's a new loss, there's grief, if there's addiction, um, that can be especially difficult. And so we have Surviving the Holidays to talk about how do I navigate being in the holidays and dealing with whatever it is that's on my plate. And if you're somebody that goes, well, I don't have a particular loss or issue, there's still a lot of stress, a lot of things that go on. We want, we build up in our heads how positive and great this should be. A lot of times there's that letdown when it's not this idea. 
And so this is for anybody. This isn't just for our normal care participants or somebody who's in grief share or divorce care. We want this to be available to everyone. I think it can help everybody when it comes to the holidays. Mm -hmm. And I love that Tommy mentioned that we're going to have a digital version of this too, where you can, uh, if you're not a normal regular attendee or you don't feel safe right now with COVID, whatever the case is that you can access this no matter what. And yeah. for those of you who don't know, Tommy will actually be the one producing that <laughs> and putting it online. Yeah. So I'm glad he said something. Well, and, and the, the one thing too, we, we haven't not confirmed our speakers for that event or the night of remembrance event, but once we do, we are excited to share them because yeah. we, uh, we've been working really hard with the handful of folks to, to be our main uh, presenter and speakers uh, those nights. And so once we get that confirmed, we, what, is, uh, what is night of remembrance? Uh, so night of remembrance is 12 December. That's a Sunday. And so with night of remembrance, 30 seconds or less, we recognize that that loss has occurred uh, in, in many different uh, families, uh, uh, you know, many different ages, uh, you know, extended family, immediate family over the last 12 months, 18 months. And so we just want to open up a place where you can come. Uh, you can, uh, a message. Uh, it'll be myself and another person uh, working together. And uh, uh, basically, we, we want to talk about grief and the uh, how we can navigate through the seasons uh, of grief, the five stages of grief, and, and what are some good next steps to take, whether that be counseling, uh, whether that be uh, getting into our grief share program. Uh, and we also, um, we also added to this last year uh, another program we had within our church called Made Known. And so we've actually, it's it's a night of remembrance with a, a, a slight touch on Made Known. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be doing that as well. Again, we, we're working with our speakers, and once we get that confirmed, we, uh, we're excited to share that. Yeah, if you and I think Tommy is um, is last year's night of remembrance still uh, available. It is. If yes, someone yeah. would want to know mm -hmm. a little bit more about kind of yeah. what we do, that yep. might be a good way to. Yeah, and actually creating the best summer from the spring is available as oh, well. Yeah. So you can find all that stuff on our on our website. Um, and as we get our wrap up, we're reminded that prayer is primary, and uh, so we just want to pray it out. Uh, we want to pray for you and pray over you real quick. Uh, Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your grace. Uh, God, we thank you for being uh, the great I am and the, and the fact that we get to come to your throne. Uh, God, it's uh, it's just so such a blessing that we get to come directly to you. Uh, but God, right now, we just lift up this discussion, this uh, this topic. Uh, God, we know that family dynamics are real, and uh, and they can be really complicated and uh, and really painful. So God, we just uh, we lift up this message. God, we pray that it just blesses those who hear it. And, uh, and God, I pray for healing in those situations. I pray for reconciliation. And, and ultimately, God, I pray that everything that happens out of that brings glory and glory to you alone. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Don't forget, you can catch this podcast or others on Facebook, Amazon, YouTube, Apple, Spotify. And when you go there, make sure that you subscribe or, or hit the, the like button. So you can get caught up on all of our uh, our new posts and our new podcast uh, when they do come out. And also you can find additional resources at mynorthshow.com slash care. We love you guys and we'll catch you next week.